Matthew 10. Let's begin to read in verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and uh, Lebanus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into, who, and into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire uh, who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you, or return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. And verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city you can be seated. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you uh, for the mercy and grace that you've given us for the songs that have been sung. I thank you for your unseen hand, for the times that you have guided and you have led. Even when we didn't know what to do, uh, you come by, and I thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that you would just uh, help this morning. If there's somebody lost, save them. Pray they'd come to a saving knowledge of the truth of your work at Calvary. And that work alone can save them. And Lord, we pray this morning you'd let them see that. I ask if somebody has a need, I pray that need would be met. I pray that you'd comfort those that are brokenhearted, strengthen those that are weak. And Lord, we pray now that you'd help us while we preach. We stand in such need of you. And God, I pray you'd come by and anoint us afresh and touch us. For without you, we can do nothing. And we sure do love you. Pray you'd meet with us. Save that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus... Uh, calls his 12 disciples. And uh, he sends them to the lost house uh, of the sheep of Israel. John chapter, uh, is it one? It said that he came unto his own uh, and his own received him not. He did go uh, uh, and that into Israel. As a matter of fact, he told them don't go to the Gentiles. Uh, uh, don't go to anybody, but just go uh, uh, to Israel. God had chose Israel. God wanted to, uh, no doubt, give them every opportunity uh, uh, and that to get right with him, uh, but yet they refused him. Uh, uh, and so he's the first thing he told them to do was go preach uh, uh, and that the kingdom gospel, the kingdom of heaven, uh, 
is at hand. And that's what they're preaching uh, uh, as they go out. And so he gives them a message uh, uh, and that to preach. We do not preach uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand today. Uh, uh, We preach the death, the burial, uh, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, uh, And that's what saves sinners. Amen. Listen, if you got saved, uh, uh, that's what saved you. Amen. Uh, uh, Was you believe that you were lost uh, and Christ could save you uh, uh, because of the finished work uh, at Calvary. Uh, and boy, ain't that good to know today. Amen. Uh, uh, that you saved. But notice, uh, not only were they to preach the kingdom gospel, uh, uh, but then he gave him power uh, uh, and that to heal and to cleanse the lepers uh, and to cast out devils uh, and to raise the dead. So as he sends them out, they're going uh, uh, to have this work to do in signs uh, that would follow them that they could do this uh, uh, while they preached. Make a difference in somebody's life. Brother Jeff talked about work this morning. I've always been a firm believer that uh, for some people, if you're going to win them, uh, uh, you're going to have to help them physically first uh, uh, before you can ever help them spiritually. Uh, it's going to be hard to win somebody to Christ uh, uh, when they're sitting there hungry uh, uh, and you can feed them. You know, there are people in this world today that are hungry. Uh, They're physically hungry. Uh, They need something to eat uh, uh, or they're cold uh, uh, or they're nasty and dirty and they would like to get cleaned up on the outside. Uh, And I'm telling you, you make provision for that. Uh, You just might win them to Christ. I understand the Holy Spirit can work. I know that. I know how all that works. But uh, listen, they gave them power. But then uh, after that, he said, make no provision. Uh, uh, he said, don't, don't take no gold. Uh, don't take no silver or brass. Uh, don't take a script. That's a small bag. Uh, said, don't take your two coats. Don't take shoes. Uh, don't take a staff. Why? Because a workman uh, is worthy of his reward. Does that know what the Apostle Paul said about the elder over there in 1 Timothy? Let the elders that rule well uh, uh, be counted worthy of double honor, especially they that labor in word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, uh, uh, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, uh, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. If I labor in word and doctrine, the church ought to take care of me. Amen. If I do my job as a pastor, the church ought to take care of me. But he says, as you go in uh, to these cities, he said, uh, now I always found, uh, or when I seen this, so let me say this, I heard another preacher preach on it. And when I say I seen it, I heard he saw it and then told me about it. Amen. <clears throat> but uh, you've got to watch this preacher sometimes. Amen. But notice what he said right here in verse 11. Look with me. And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in that is worthy. So somebody's got to be worthy. Think about that for just a second. I'm not sure that I understand everything right here. He talks about the city and, and, and the town being worthy. Then he talks about going into somebody's house that is worthy. If they'll listen and they will receive you, <coughs> you go in. But if they will not, he said, if they're not worthy, let your peace return unto you and dust the shoes off your, dust the feet off your shoes and go on. Sometimes you cannot make people believe. No matter how much you tell them the truth and no matter what you want to tell them, you cannot make them believe. I was talking to my sister the other day. Well, yesterday we were talking about all the tornadoes that took place out in Arkansas. They, they had a day's worth of warning to know that those tornadoes was coming. 
It was setting up pretty bad. They had a warning. They had ample time uh, and that to make arrangements if, you know, hey, it could happen today. Well, would to God that people would think like that about the second coming of Christ and that folk would think about death like that because uh, it can come at any time. I could fall over dead uh, uh, in the next few seconds and I, I need to be ready to go. And you do too, you see. But I want you to look with me. Let me say this, you've had a warning. You know, the Apostle Paul said, uh, whom, who, you know, he talks about preaching Christ, whom we warn every man. With a warning, that means that there's something dangerous that can take place. And if you're lost without having trusted Christ, you, uh, listen, are going to face Him in judgment for sure. But if you're saved, then Christ has uh, took your judgment and shed His blood for you. And by the way, if you're lost, He done the same thing for you. You just ain't received it this morning. And you need to by simply praying from your heart and asking Christ to save you. He'll do that today, believing that you're lost. But I want to look in the first two verses right here, first three verses if I can, for just a minute. And he calls his 12 disciples. And in, in these 12 men, I want to look at three of them this morning, so I'm going to have to be hurried uh, to get them all done. And maybe we'll just see what God does. But he gives us their names. And uh, notice they're called disciples until they receive the power. And then they're called apostles. I ain't so sure about uh, all that. But uh, and we can study that out later. Uh, but uh, notice he talks about Simon Peter. Uh, he talks about one down here by the name of John. And then one by the name of Judas. And if I could for just a little bit, I want to preach on a fake, a failure, and a friend. And you'll find them all in these three men right here. Uh, number one, first of all, as we look at the fake, we know that in John chapter 6 and verse 70, uh, uh, Jesus said unto him over there, He said, Have I not chosen you twelve, uh, and one of you is a devil? Now, first of all, number one, as we talk about Judas Iscariot, he was the fake. Uh, Jesus knew who he was choosing when he chose Judas. Listen, that was John chapter 6. The Lord's Supper was way out yonder at that point. Uh, uh, and when he was going to be betrayed was way out yonder. Uh, uh, and so Jesus knew what he was doing. If you take your Bible and you go to the book of John uh, chapter 6. Let's look at that. Uh, John chapter 6. And i got some scripture we need to look at this morning. Uh, uh, but in John chapter 6 and uh, verse 66. Uh, we look and, and the Bible said from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then said Jesus unto the twelve, we also go away. And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And, and, and we believe uh, and are sure, who's we? <laughs> Was it those twelve sitting around there? Uh, or was he just talking in the plural, you know, like uh, preachers do sometimes? And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. But then Jesus said this, uh, uh, Jesus answered him, Have I not chosen you twelve? Uh, and one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was uh, that should betray him, being one uh, of the twelve. Now, G G Judas has heard uh, uh, what Peter said. 
I have no doubt that he was standing there and he heard him say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Who else are we going to go to? He says, You have the words of eternal life. Can I tell you the only one that you can run to this morning uh, that's going to help you is not the world, uh, uh, friend. It's not anybody else uh, but Christ Jesus. Amen. He is the helper uh, uh, for your soul. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, uh, and I'll give you rest. You need help, run to Him. Uh, uh, you need direction, run to Him. You need comfort, run to Him. Uh, uh, you just need help in your soul, run to Him. Hey, He is the one that can help you this morning. He's the only one that can save. The church cannot save. Works cannot save. The baptismal pool cannot save. That cookie that the the Roman Catholic state cannot save. Listen, we can partake of communion in the Lord's Supper and I think it's the right thing to do, but it can't save you. Judas had seen the miracles of the Lord. He had seen Him heal the sick. He had been there when, uh, friend, when he cast out devils uh, uh, out of folk and when he cleansed the lepers. Uh, Judas had seen all this. He even seen raise the dead. He knew what Jesus could do. Was it John? Was it in the book of John? I believe it was that it talks about that by many infallible proofs that he proved who he was. I believe that Christ, you know what did he tell John's disciples uh, uh, when they come over there and said, uh, uh, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? Uh, and you know what Jesus said? He said, you go back and you tell John uh, uh, that you've seen the sick healed, the lepers are cleansed, uh, uh, the blind receive their sight, the dead are raised, uh, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. I uh, said, you go back and you tell John that and he'll know that I'm the one. So here stands Judas among 11 other men plus Jesus. And he's seeing all this work that was taking place. In the text scripture, here stands Judas uh, uh, among the other eleven. And Jesus, uh, it said in verse 1 that uh, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now I'm going to open a can of worms, Brother Mark, and I'm going to have to fish with them. Uh, uh, But reckon Judas got that power. That's a good question, ain't it? And you know, I don't even know the answer to it. What's the old saying? They say, don't ask the question you don't know the answer to. But what do you think? Whether he got it or not, them other 11 men, they're going out and they're healing the sick and and they're cleansing the lepers and they're healing the blind and he's seeing all of this take place. Now, I don't know if he had that power. I really don't. And I, we can make our uh, thoughts and we can make our opinions on all this. Uh, but I'm telling you that Judas is like some people sitting in a church a lot of times. They get around other believers. Uh, uh, and I mean, they just kind of blend in. And they uh, just, you know, they just come to church and they go home. And uh, they live the best they can and they do the best they can. Uh, uh, but listen, they're on the inside. They've never really been saved. Now, I'm going to tell you something this morning. You've got to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to come to a place where you got lost. I remember that night very well. I got lost. And boy, when you get lost, you can get saved. But until you do that, you cannot get saved. You've got to see yourself lost without Christ. 
I don't know if Judas stood in the background and he just uh, kind of blended in, but I do know that uh, uh, Jesus knew what he was. And you go to John chapter 1. See, Judas's heart never really got changed. He was a fake the whole time. He's running, he's running with disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and called a disciple himself, which means a follower. In John 12, verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Well, if you was lost, that's what he done for you. You had been dead, but he raised you from the dead. There they made him. You know, Peter said over there that he hath begotten us again uh, unto a lively hope by resurrection from the dead. We've got a lively hope, don't we? There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house, uh, and, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. You know, I'd always followed him, which should betray him. This is just about every time that it talks about Judas Iscariot, it talks about they should betray him, or did betray him. But notice what Judas said in verse 5. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. So see, he did not care for the poor. He said, she could have sold this. I gave it to us. We could have distributed it to the poor. We would have gave it to somebody that needed it. He said, you could have sold it for 300 pence. Were they not working for a penny a day? I mean, is that not what we learn in Scripture? Over there in the vineyard, they'd agreed for a 12-hour shift for a penny, wasn't it? And some worked all day and got a penny. Some worked one hour and got a penny. But you can figure that this was almost, almost a year's worth uh, 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 of savings. This was almost a year's worth uh, uh, that she had saved on this uh, and then broke it and put it on the Lord Jesus. And here stands Judas with indignation in himself. And he said, hey, we could have gave that money to the poor. But the Bible clarifies that and says he did not care for the poor. Said all he wanted was the money because he held the bag and he was a thief. See, true colors eventually will come out on people. It'll come out every time. So here he is. It was he was more concerned about that money in serving himself. He may have blended in, and I, I never, the, the, these other 11, boy, I'm telling you, they, they struggled with their discernment. But you know, some, when, when the wheat gets sold uh, uh, among the tires, or the tires among the wheat, uh, uh, sometimes it's just hard to tell. It's like me trying to go out there, my grandmother said to hoe up that Johnson Grice that was out there in the corn, and I was getting corn and Johnson Grice both. Why? They look the same. Especially to probably a boy that's about eight years old and they put a hole in his hand. Just hold the whole row up, I guess. Why? They look the same. See, all men you have is the ability to look on the outside. That's all we've got. Ain't that, ain't that what, ain't that what uh, the Lord, uh, uh, what was it that he, that he uh, told uh, Samuel over there at, at one point? Was it Samuel? I think he said, uh, he said, for I see not as man seeth. For I see the heart. Yes. All man sees is the outside. We cannot see the heart. Right. 
But see, the Lord knew what he was. And he even said, just let her alone against the day of my bearing. Has she kept this? For the poor you always have with you, but me you not always. It's not that the Lord wasn't concerned about the poor, but he said the poor you're always going to have. So this Judas who was traveling with the believers, this Judas who was going with the disciples everywhere they went, he was a fake and a fraud. You know what that word fake really means? Not only does it, that does it mean crooked, not only does it uh, uh, mean uh, uh, to cheat or to swindle, it means something that's not real. It's not fake. It's, I mean, if it's fake, it's not real. So it was Judas who betrayed the Lord. He sold him for 30 pieces of silver in Matthew 26. It was at the Lord's Supper in John chapter 13. After the Lord had washed His disciples' feet. And it was in verse 21 of John chapter 13. And when Jesus had thus said, He was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And then the disciples looked one to another, doubting with whom He spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of His disciples, whom Jesus loved. That's John, by the way. Simon Peter therefore beckoned, beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. And he then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Who, who, yeah, who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, and after the sop Satan entered into him. And then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. I know man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. He just told him. He said, Whoever I give the sop to, he said, That's him. He sopped it and gave it to Judas. Seems like they had picked up on that. But in verse 29, for some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sob, went immediately out and it was night. And we know the story, or you should know the story. They left there and went to the garden. Jesus prayed, and when they got done praying, here comes Judas, and he kisses him. The book of Mark says that when he came up to kiss him, he called him Master, Master. But Judas was fake. Let me ask you something. Are you real this morning? That is something that I always look at in my life. Am I really real? Am I really what I say I am? He was not real. He was a fake. And we've got folks sitting on a Baptist pew today that are fakes. They, they've never really come. And I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. You know how I feel about that. But I would ask you to examine what you did to get saved. I would, I would ask you to examine, to look back on that time and ask you to say, did you trust Christ? Did you ask Him to save you? It's like one fellow, you know, that uh, one of our missionaries we had come through and he made that profession. He said, I was, wasn't but about six or seven years old. And uh, he, he talks about the, the fellow that was trying to lead me to the Lord prayed. But he said, I didn't pray nothing. He said, I was just looking around in the room while he was praying. And when we got done, they patted me on the back, told me I saved, good to go. 
Can I say something to you moms and dads? I want your children to get saved early. I do. I really want them to. My, that is one of my desires is for them to get saved early. But don't push on them. Don't push on them. You keep them in church and you keep them in Sunday school and you keep living before them a life that is a Christian and you let the Holy Spirit do His job and they'll get it right. But don't push on them. Because you'll, you'll get that thing messed up just as sure as the world uh, and, and then they're going to go messed up for years until they can get some things settled in their own heart and in their own mind. And so Judas was a fake. I don't want you to be a fake. I want you to be real. And in these verses over here in John chapter 13, here you actually find all three of them men together that the Lord was talking about. One was Judas who was going to betray him. But then you find Peter talking to John and said, Ask him, John, who's he talking about right here? And so we come to Peter. Judas was the fake. But when it came to the crucifixion time, Peter was the failure. Well, didn't Peter do it? Peter, listen, I, I, and I'll go ahead and tell you the rest of the story. Peter gets some things right or gets right out there, out there on the seashore. I believe that. I believe right there is where he got some things right at. But up until that time, he had some things that needed to be fixed and he wasn't uh, right with the Lord. And I mean, Peter, uh, you go back to Matthew 16 and the Lord asked some questions. And, and you know, Peter at times could have a great testimony, couldn't he? You know, he saith unto them, But whom you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, uh, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So Peter got something from the Lord. He said, Only God, my Father, could have revealed in your heart of who I am. John chapter 6, Jesus saith unto the twelve, after the rest of his disciples had left him, he said, Will you also go away? And then said Simon Peter, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Lord, you've got the words of eternal life. I think we'll stay with you. I think we'll follow you because it's in you that we have life. As I looked at this, I was reminded of Peter's life. What I mean by that is there was times he had a great testimony and there was times that he was rash. You ever met anybody like that? They're good church people. They're great church people, but sometimes they just don't think sometimes. You ever, you ever been around folk like that? Your preacher can be that way sometimes. I mean, I'll just go ahead and own up to it. Listen, you know what? He, they get up on the Mount Transfiguration and, and, and Moses and Elijah's up there with the Lord and they see him transfigured. And, and, and Peter says, Lord, it's a good thing for us to have been here. Now that was a right statement. But then he said, let's build three tabernacles, one to you, one to Moses, and one to Elijah. I think that's kind of rash. He gets over there in, in John 13. And Jesus wants to wash his feet in verse 8. Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So he goes from not getting washed at all, in the very next verse, it comes out of his mouth and just washed me all over. Kind of rash, ain't it? And Jesus said, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. 
He said, Peter, all you need is your feet washed. Can I tell you sometimes in our life, listen, we don't need to get saved over again. You don't ever need to get saved over again. Might need to get saved the first time. But, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, if you get out in the world, sometimes you feel like you need to get saved over again. But he said, Peter, he said, all you need to do is just have your feet washed. You've had your sandals on and you've trudged up and down this dirty road. And he said, it's your feet that are dirty. You know, there's just sometimes our mind gets dirty, don't it? From not even things that we've wanted to see or asked to see or uh, wanted to hear. And sometimes we just need the Lord to help us sometimes. But Peter makes an allegiance to the Lord in Matthew 26. Am I making sense this morning? All right. Matthew 26. Peter, he knows who the Lord is. You know, he even, uh, he even gets so rash there at one point when the Lord talks about going to Calvary and having to die. He, he begins to rebuke the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and, and that's when he tells him, get, get behind me, Satan, you know. Matthew chapter 26, look in verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night there before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee likewise. Also said all the disciples. So listen, he, he's told them about Calvary. He's told them what's going to happen and how the flock would be scattered in verse 31. Uh, uh, and, and that when he was risen again, he'd go to Galilee. and uh, All these things. And Peter said, Look, uh, uh, he said, If everybody gets offended in you and leaves you, I'll never leave you. Well, Peter makes a great profession and a great promise but the Lord knew the truth he said Peter by morning time before that rooster crows you will have denied me three times and so we look in verses 57 and 58 of the same chapter and they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest And the scribes and the elders were assembled, but Peter followed him how? Afar off. Well, he said, I'll never be offended in you. I'll never leave you. Why ain't he up there with the Lord? We look in verse 69 of the same chapter. And you have to understand what's taking place. And I'll get there in a minute when we talk about John. And I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself. But John goes to the trial. And John goes over to the young lady that's holding the door in the Caiaphas palace over there and gets Peter in. But Peter still sits afar off. He sits down with the servants. And in verse 69, look with me in Matthew 26. Now Peter sat without in the palace and the damsel came unto him, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. He said, look, Lord, he said, I'll go with you. I'll never deny you. If all men get offended in you, I'll never leave you. And here stands Peter. He said, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were, with, uh, that were there, 
This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I know not the man. I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. That word bereath simply means to be betrayed. He said, Peter, the way you're talking, it betrays you. You don't talk like us. You know, I'm going to tell you, there's something in a Christian and a believer that will always come out on them. Well, you've got to get steeped awful back into sin. Now listen, I'm glad that once you're saved, you're saved. But I'm going to tell you, there's something going to bother you if you're out there running around in the world. I believe that with all my heart. It's called the Holy Spirit. I, think, I just don't think He's going to leave you alone. And I wouldn't get hard-hearted. But he's, they said, your speech bereft. They, then, then began he to curse and to swear. So he's going to join in, ain't he? Saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the words of Jesus. You know, one of the, in one of the Gospels, the Bible said that when that cock crowed, that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. He had been had. And he remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter and John, after Jesus is crucified, the ladies come back and they tell them, Hey, the tomb is empty. And Peter and John, they run down there to the tomb and they find it empty. And they go back. And, and, and we know that according to the book of John that the Lord met with His disciples uh, in the upper room. We understand all that. But in John chapter 21. In all this, I still don't think Peter had fixed some things. John chapter 21, why, why do you say that? Because we go to John 21, and in verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed Himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed He Himself. And there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee. James and John, and, the two, and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. So it was Peter that said, I'm going to go back and do what I used to do. Did Jesus not call Peter from fishing? Did he not say to uh, leave your nets and I'll make you fishers of men? And so, and you say, well, you're reading into it. Maybe I am reading into it. Uh, but, but Peter goes back and he does what he used to do. So he's denied the Lord. Even though he's made great statements and even though he said, Lord, I'll never forsake you. And uh, all these, I'll never leave you. As a matter of fact, it was in the garden that Peter drew the sword and, and cut off Malchus's ear as they were going to take the Lord. Peter was going to fight. But yet just a few hours later when it seemed like his life was on the line for knowing Christ Jesus the Lord, he says, I don't know Him. See, things had not turned out exactly, I think, in Peter's mind like he thought because even after the resurrection, you know the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus is fixing to ascend into heaven and what do they ask Him? Will thou at this time restore the kingdom unto Israel? I kind of wonder if Peter didn't think that night in the garden that the kingdom might come. Stay with me now. Because see, there's some of us can end up like Peter. We make big statements and we mean them. I think Peter probably meant them. 
But boy, when push come to shove, he just didn't follow through. How about us? How about us? If Listen, it's one thing to serve the Lord when it's easy. How about when it's hard? How about to make your stand when everybody around you, where you work at, hello, and your job may in jeopardy before the stand that you're going to take about the gospel, about the Lord Jesus, or what this scripture says, are you willing to take your stand? So Peter just goes back and goes fishing. Can I tell you, if you mess up, you can fix things. Because it was after he fished right here. I I mean, you go over there and they fished all night and didn't catch a thing. And and the Lord tells them over there, uh, says, if you'll just cast a net on the right side of the ship, ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. (coughs) Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Why did he know that? One, a miracle happened. Two, that ain't the first time that ever happened. I think they remembered some things. Ain't you glad the Lord will help you remember some things about what He's done for you in the past? And He'll shine on you. Stay with me. He gets over there and Him and the Lord are sitting around that campfire and they're eating that fish. And He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. And he looks at him again. And he loved Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And in verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Mm. See, here's the thing. The Lord knows all things. And he knows whether you love him or not. And here stands Peter. And he knew the love that he had in his heart for the Lord. And he said, Lord, he was so grieved that God had asked, that the Lord Jesus had asked him that twice already, but now the third time. And he's grieved. And he said, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. He said, Peter, just go do what I've called you to do. I'm going to stop there this morning. Let's bow our heads if we would. I don't know where you're at. Me and let's come get a verse of invitation if we would.